Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Security and Secure, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. My guest this week you'll know for one of three reasons. Firstly, you might know her as a radio presenter, hosting shows on Radio 1, Radio 1 Extra and Hits Radio. Secondly, you might know her as a reality star. She started her career on Shipwreck and then many years later she was on Celebs Go Dating. And thirdly, you might know her for her openness on fertility issues, motherhood and just what is it like to be a woman in 2021 on her podcast, A Womb of One Zone. I'm delighted to say joining me on Security and Secure this week, it's Sarah Jane Crawford. We know you for three different things, reality star, radio presenter, a mummy influencer now. How do you identify with yourself? Broadcaster and mum, I think, are the key um, roles, with mum probably top of the list at the moment. It's just been a crazy time recently, which I'm sure everyone will kind of be sharing the same. Becoming a mum has been amazing and hard and challenging and all of the above, especially in lockdown. It's a brand new landscape for me, really. And obviously, working in the media, you're always driving for the next show, the bigger show, the bigger show. Now that you've become a mum, has that kind of compartmentalised that? And now you're now thinking, right, motherhood and being the best mother over being the best broadcaster now, or do they go hand in hand? Yeah, I think, I think number one, it's funny because I've just recorded a podcast series called A Womb of One's Own, and it's all about this very topic, which is women juggling the journey towards becoming a mum or not becoming a mum. We know that that doesn't necessarily define us as women, being able to have a baby, not everyone can, and then also wanting to have exceptional careers and whether the two can coexist. For me, when you create a human being, or even if you adopt a human being or you raise someone as your own, then your number one priority and natural instinct is to make sure that they are okay, safe, healthy, happy, and then anything else comes second. So I wouldn't say that it's now I'm not as interested in my career or now it's not as important. Obviously, by default, nothing will ever be as important as making sure that someone's okay. But I'm still very passionate about what I do and very ambitious and for me the reason why for example this podcast series was really important was because it was 
an opportunity for me to like marry my love of communicating and getting messages out to as many people as possible with the passion I have for the journey towards becoming a mum and and the fertility issues or, or issues around fertility because it's a little bit of an underworld, underground scene, I always say. And what I mean by that is until you are trying to conceive or wanting to become a mum or, 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 or maybe you come up against certain issues, whether they're sort of biological issues or whether they're, I don't know, whatever your challenges are on that road, then I think then you start to meet other people who maybe have they've experienced certain things and and that's what I mean by an underground scene I think until you go through it one might not be aware of how challenging it can be and once I sort of was delving into those areas I thought to myself do you know what when I come out the other side meaning hopefully when I have a baby and everything is okay not that it's okay because of the recent pandemic but like you know when everything's okay and I managed to get to the end of the rainbow, then I really want to share about what I've been through and also talk to other women about their journeys as well. Well, that's the important thing, that as a broadcaster, you are also a storyteller and you're telling stories. And this is now the new experiences that you've gone through. I think that naturally, not just as women, but as human beings, in whatever career we're in, we evolve. I'm working on a, a documentary idea at the moment and one of the contributors that I reached out to is somebody who is actually in his 80s and he's been working in this area of um, this subject area, this area of expertise most of his career but he did start off doing something else and I thought I'd met him when he was 25 you know like when I introduced him it was very much you know your life's work is this subject but ultimately if I'd have met him when he was 25, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have been doing that. But this is what I mean. It's the evolution and of everyone. And, and sometimes people... I remember when I first started off in TV, that was my first thing before radio. Um, my first job was shopping TV. Then I went and um, screen tested for Channel 4 and all of this. I didn't have an agent at the time. And then when I signed for Channel 4 doing E4 Music and, and bits of T4... I had a couple of agents interested, and that's how it all began for me. But I remember at the time there was a girl called, I think, Sarah Henley or Sarah Hendy. I think it's Sarah Hendy. And she was one of the E4 T4 presenters. And shortly after I began, or maybe even just before, word on the street was that she'd gone off to be like a yoga teacher. And at the time, I remember thinking, why would you do that? Why would you go off and be a yoga teacher when you could be a TV presenter? But then as life goes on, you sort of, you, you start to absorb more and experience things and you think, okay, it's the journey. It's, it's the Ithaca or the road to Ithaca is one of my favorite poems. And it's basically about the journey, not the destination. And for me, I've always been someone who I would say, what makes me tick is the hustle. It's the journey. It's the challenge. Like now I've just moved into a new house. It's um, a really beautiful house. It was more Brian's taste originally but now I love it it's Victorian and it was pretty nicely decorated to begin with but it's just so much potential I've always invested in new builds and the reason why I mention this this is relevant um the reason why I mention it is because like what I started to do was get excited about the process of transforming it and renovating is a bit of a strong word I don't know if I'd call it that but like redecorating and 
you know, just like I love a project. And for me, obviously it was very poignant at times and very emotional and a real roller coaster. But fertility was one of those projects for me. It was like, I really want to become a mum and I'm going to do everything in my power to become a mum. And I threw everything at it. I had a miscarriage in June of 2019, which was obviously heartbreaking. And then there was a, a gap of six months in between that loss and me becoming pregnant with Summer. Who knows what means that you conceive eventually and have a successful live birth. And when I say successful, I, I don't mean success versus failure in the way that we use it so in such a frivolous way when we talk about like winning and losing. I mean just purely that the pregnancy went full term because what is success and failure anyway? Some people would say, oh, you know, you're a success now because you're on TV. Others would say, no, you know, you're a success. You, are, you found yourself and, and you are present and you're maybe reading the right books and, and spiritually awake and matured. And I threw everything at this project and Project Fertility, Project Summer. That's how I am. So, so forget the outcome for a moment. It was also the process and that's how I am and that's what makes me tick and that's what informs the passion that I have for anything is what have I got to do? What's the process? What's the hustle? What can I study? What can I geek out on? That is what always makes me happy. If I ever feel disillusioned or down or a little bit depressed, I don't want to use that word like casually, but if I ever go through a really hard time, all that I really need to do if I know that I've approached the, the practical stuff and the, and the biological stuff, okay, am I eating properly, sleeping properly, meditating, drinking water, because those can be things that once you, you make sure you're doing all that, you're fine again. But once I've kind of addressed all of those basic things, or those not basic, but very sort of like fundamental things, then I ask myself, right, what's my project? What is my purpose? How can I give something back? And I just thought I learned so much about optimizing my fertility at 38. I was 39 when I had summer. What can I give back? I almost became like a bit of a junior doctor in certain subject areas. And in that six months that I mentioned, I just literally threw everything at getting pregnant from acupuncture to seeing a naturopath to seeing nutritionist. Then there was the obvious as well of what I actually did to get pregnant. But that's what it's about for me. It's about the journey and whatever I can find in that journey that challenges me to get a result at the end. But it's, it never ends up being the result. It always ends up being, right, what's the next hustle, you know? So when you suffered that miscarriage, how did that change you as a person? Like you said, you spent six months trying to get pregnant again. But what do you think happened to you in that time, in those six months, mentally? In the January of 2019, the music artist, Cadet, died. And in a very sudden taxi accident. And I'd only met him a couple of times, and he'd been, I think a one-to-watch artist on the BBC for one extra one year. And we followed each other on socials or whatever, and I just thought he was a lovely guy. I think he's also sort of famously known as being cousins with Krept of Krept and Conan, and they were obviously devastated when he died. And when that happened, I remember I was, I was coming back from a friend's house in Essex, and I was on the train back to Manchester. And I was just in t floods of tears on, on, on this train journey. And... At the time, Brian and I had met maybe a month or two before. We hadn't. We only got together maybe a couple of months after that, so things did happen quite quickly. One of the things that really resonated with me in that moment was life is short, and it can be. It can be longer for others, obviously, but 
it really can end. And, you know, it was very, it was, there were so many, it was, it was a very eerie thing because as such is the way we are at the moment with social media, there was like this final post where it was obviously not supposed to be his final post. And it was like on the way to the club. And then there was like this horrendous car accident on his Insta story, he was doing a PA or a gig somewhere. And I just thought, wow, like, like I'm, I'm 37. I might have been actually, yes, yeah, when I was 38. And, now, yeah. and I thought, I really want a baby. I'm doing this. And I actually was just going to do it on my own. I was like, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to go and do, you know, like, IBF, find a donor, do it on my own. But what, but what it did was it really, like, got me thinking, life's short, and I need to grab it both with both horns, and I need to, like... And I've always felt like that about life. It was a new catalyst for me. So when Brian and I got together and that happened, I actually called my mum at the time before it happened and I said, wow, I'm pregnant. I know that it might not work out because I, you know, I, I was aware that, A, when you're in your late 30s, the uh, chance of miscarriages increase. And B, one in four early pregnancies end in miscarriage. So I, I knew that, like, with the roll of a dice, it could all go wrong. But I just said to her, the good thing is, is that I know I can get pregnant and I have done quite easily, so this is a really positive thing. And the reason why I wasn't sure about whether that would even be a possibility, it wasn't just age, because, you know, you're young at 37, even in fertility terms, relatively speaking, although some people disagree, but, like, it's just because I, I had, like, other um, pathologies, as they call it, like endometriosis. I've had fibroids in the past, had them removed. Luckily, they haven't grown back, which I say is down to, you know, becoming like plant-based and vegan and I stopped drinking and stuff. And that's another story. It was heartbreaking to me, no doubt about it. It was actually one of the most gut-wrenching things I've been through in recent years. What happened was I went for a scan on my own. I was really paranoid and I kept going for these private scans. And so the second time that we got pregnant with Summer... Brian came to every single scan with me. I was just like, I cannot be on my own in a scan because I can't have like bad news and be on my own. It was the most devastating thing. And it wasn't his fault that I, I was on my own the first time. I'd, I'd gone on a trip. I actually had this contract to do this quite big branding thing. and It was worth quite a bit of money and I'd done one half of it. For some reason, I just thought, I'm going to go to this scan. I was about to do the other half of this contract. And then the sonographer was just like, I'm really sorry, but the pregnancy is not going to continue. And it was so devastating and I just remember that gut-wrenching pain like I wouldn't say it changed me as a person it was just a new it was just remembering what grief feels like but I was quite resilient with it in the aftermath Brian was amazing and I know it will sound stupid but not to animal lovers and dog and dog owners but my dog was amazing like they sense your grief and your pain and your they're so empathetic I have to give myself a pat on the back for that period I I was devastated when it happened but within a couple of days I really bounced back you know and I think that's something that I pride myself in being I think I, I feel pain very very in a very sore way at that moment and I've had a couple of other things happen in the meantime, not necessarily that bad, but things that have just brought me pain and I think I bounce back within 24 hours, I'm like on to the next project. Not in, not, I don't mean that in the sense that it's no longer important, it's disposable and I'm over it. It changes you, but of course it did because in the second pregnancy I was still super scared of with every scan because of that, once bitten, twice shy, etc. I do think I'm pretty resilient. So I don't think it really changed me. I think I was still on my, the same mission. I think that what happens when you get hurt for me is 
like when I say for me, I mean in my opinion is that you just, you, you almost become more wise, you become more of a sage, you kind of like, you find a new level of healing and you really tap into your resilience. And, well, that's the, pos- that's the opportunity anyway. It doesn't always happen for everyone, but that's the opportunity. Once I hit rock bottom emotionally, I think, right, what can I do now? Crawford, what are we doing now? Do you know what I mean? Give myself a little pep talk. I think about it in like boxing terms. I think boxing is such a great sport because there's a real metaphor out for the count, you know, let's get back up. Let's not be counted out. So that's kind of what I did. I got back up and got back in the ring. And now I'm here in a little rocking chair in the nursery with this little so-and-so giving me a dead arm. Where does that resilience come from, though? Is that because you became a mother a lot later on in life that you had to be resilient because although your career was going incredible and we'll come on to your career in a second, but the private side of you, that family side, just hadn't ever quite worked out yet. So Mm. to an extent, you were married to your job and you could use that as your fallback of it's fine that I haven't got kids in my early 30s because I'm going to all these red carpets still or I can go abroad for this campaign or that campaign. Mm, yeah, I think, you're, I think you're right in saying that I was like married to my career. I mean, I was chatting to someone recently, quite a sort of a famous broadcaster. I won't say their name because we had a private chat and if I say their name, they'll be like, Tara, I thought I said she was private. But um, they said to me, you know, because you've always had a boyfriend in, you know, in the time that I've known you. And in my head, I thought, have I though? I don't think I have. But in the time they've known me, I had. But I have been single on a number of occasions. But but that isn't really the point. The point is, is that the relationships that I was in weren't the right ones to create a family and didn't generate that for me. Um, I think that I, I wouldn't say resilience was born out of that era of my life. I would say it was definitely strengthened in that with the trials and tribulations of, you know, like thinking, right, am I going to do it on my own? Um, what does it take to do IVF, egg collection, donors or whatever? You know, difficult conversations with myself, books I was reading, things I went through. It definitely strengthened my resilience and, and educated me. But I think my ultimately my resilience from the, in the, from the core of who I am I definitely felt like I was late to the party in terms of, like, entertainment because the people that were, like, for example, when I went to Radio 1 Extra, Radio 1, there were other DJs there, like, say, your firms and people like that, Reggie's, who had, um, say, even, like, Dev or whatever. These are people that have been doing, like, children's TV. For me, I went to uni, left uni at 21, then worked in my graduate placement until I was 25, I didn't get my first TV job until I was 25. So I had always felt like I was like not behind because I wasn't behind because I was, my trajectory was very normal for someone who's gone to uni. So it wasn't like I wasn't like a mature student. And, and that's not even a correct way to describe someone who's a mature student to say they're behind because, like I said previously, everything's some evolutionary journey of who we are. So that's amazing for people who go on to do things at different times. There was that element. And then obviously because of that, and not starting at, say, 18 or earlier, I then was really in the flow of everything. By the time I did X Factor, I was, like, early 30s, which someone else might have been 23, 24 getting that job. So at that point, when I was meeting up with Simon Cowell and he was giving me that job, I wasn't going to be trying to get pregnant. Do you know what I mean? 
But it wasn't long after that that I got had a conversation with a consultant who said, right, we've just removed these fibroids. You should try and get pregnant really soon. And that was when I was like, whoa. That was some years ago. And that was the catalyst for me to start thinking about, you know, time running out a bit for me. Then obviously with my being a mum at 39, so starting TV at 25, being a mum at 39, these were both really important things for me that started later than someone else, you know, on average. Obviously, in the past half an hour, you've spoken to me a lot about being a mother and maternal issues. And this has really given you a new platform. Obviously, a lot of people know you, as I said at the top, from Radio 1 or from Slabs Go Dating, etc. But now you've got this new platform, what are you aiming to do? And are you on the right journey from what you thought it would be? Or has it changed for you since starting it? I'm always on the right journey because I trust my decision making. Same broadcaster that I mentioned earlier that I had a, a chat with the other day about some stuff. We were discussing when I decided to go to LA and they were saying, you know, at the time I thought, you know, what's she doing? Why is she leaving? I made the right decision. Whether or not I stayed there and got a big job or not, it's irrelevant. Like, I always make the right decision because what happens is whether that seeds or fails, and like I said before, they're, they're words that are quite sort of questionable and you need to look at the sort of semantics around it sometimes. It was the right thing to do because it, it got me out of a situation where I felt like I was maybe needing just a breath of fresh air. When I moved back, I then joined a new station, moved to Manchester. I wouldn't have summer now. I wouldn't, I, I may have a child, but this child of mine now who I look at and I just think is the personification of my dreams coming true, I wouldn't necessarily have had because I wouldn't have met Brian and the whole stars wouldn't have lined up in the way that they did so one can say that they're always on the right track provided that they never give up and that they always kind of are able to tweak things when they come up against new roadblocks what I'm trying to achieve with my new life and amalgamating that with my skills as a, a broadcaster and somebody who's passionate about communicating is to open up the conversation around women, careers, how our bodies work, can you have it all, fertility, women in their late 30s, early 40s, talking about miscarriages, stats around women of colour, pregnancy, childbirth, maternal mental health, postnatal depression. These are all areas that are huge. We need to be a lot more transparent about what goes on for us as women in our journey to becoming or not becoming a mother. We need to be transparent about how hard it is to juggle ambition, careers with parenthood. We need to be transparent about how scared we can be about taking time off work, maternity leave, planning for families, worrying about if someone's going to take your spot, worrying about how you can still have the competitive edge when you've then had a baby, worrying about being a good parent when you're still trying to juggle other projects like these are things that we don't speak about enough. And so that's definitely like one area of my life that I want to focus on in terms of where I'm navigating my, I could say career, but it's more just an area that I'm passionate about. And if I'm able to create tangible things like a podcast series or two or three or a documentary series or, you know, whatever it is I'm able to do, which marries up with what I do for a living and great 
but it will still remain an area that I'm passionate about regardless. There's also other areas unrelated to this that I'm really interested in that I want to revisit, like acting. I did a couple of films, small parts in films, um, and previously, and, and now with the richness of diversity in casting now, I feel like it's a really exciting time to be, a, you know, um, a talent who is either black, mixed race, of colour. A lot of my good friends are extremely successful actors, actresses, and many of them of colour as well. And they really inspire me. And I've always loved acting. I've had a, quite a, a couple of quite big scripts come in. That's another area of my life that I really want to focus on. I want to kind of um, get some more acting lessons onto my belt, learn some, some brilliant accents and nail some down. As what I was doing in LA, actually, I would go into auditions with an American accent so that they didn't know that I was even British. They wouldn't even judge me. And like all of that fun stuff. I mean, I wouldn't obviously get in the way with that here because people know what I do. But just, you know, going back to the point, that's another area that I'm really excited about. I will always love entertainment. I will always love being on screen. For me now as well, I'm really interested in producing and creating and the podcast series that I mentioned a womb of one's own is a co-creation as well with a, an amazing producer called Clarissa Pabby, who is a woman of colour. She's an Oxford graduate and she's a genius in the podcast world. So that's a really exciting co-creation. In terms of the documentary thing that I was talking about earlier, which I was a bit vague about, that again is, is something that I'm co-producing as well. So like I, as much as I love being on camera and sharing communication and um, expressing myself, especially around areas that I'm passionate about. I also um, am keen to get my ideas realised from a production point of view. Jane Crawford there an amazing broadcaster and an amazing mum and I can't wait to see her journey continue you've been listening to Security and Secure with me Johnny Seifert if you like what you heard please do go on to Instagram go to Security and Secure podcast like the page and leave a comment there's loads of teasers from past episodes on there and then on iTunes where you've listened on the app already go down leave a five star review and leave a really nice comment as well i've been johnny seifert thank you so much for listening until next time thank you and goodbye hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 